0: I saw a side of Edmonton that I never knew existed and I was thrilled to be kind of in the heart of it. So I think that that was where my, um, my love affair with Edmonton started was when I moved back.
1: Hi everyone. I'm Rob Lullisher with Yeg Me, the podcast. Every week we'll be chatting with some great people in Edmonton. It's our chance to learn a bit more about them and have them share some of their Yeg-centric stories. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and thank you for joining us. This week, we're joined by Jacqueline Ohm of Creative Mornings Edmonton. Well, hello, Jacqueline, and welcome to Yeg.me. Uh, so great to have you on the show here today. How are uh, things?
0: Th- uh, thanks for having me. Things are good. I'm coming out from the long weekend and into reading week, so it's a good segue as far as energy-wise goes. So good, good, good.
1: Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're early days here with the new podcast and, and uh, really trying to you know, invite an, uh, an assortment of guests from around around the city. Those involved in the in the arts and business, and and a uh, uh, little bit of everything. And and we definitely thought of you when it came to I'd say more on the arts side as uh, your involvement with with Creative Mornings. But uh, maybe before we get to Creative Mornings, why don't you tell us a, a little bit about you and you know your family's time here in Edmonton and uh, kind of go from there.
0: All right. Well. I was born in Edmonton at the Royal Alexandra Hospital where my mother works as an ICU nurse and I grew up on the northern suburbs of the city and wasn't completely in love with Edmonton as I grew up. It took a while. I think I, I needed to move away and then move but back.
1: When do you think that started? Was that a, Was that a junior high thing or high school?
0: I'd say junior high. Once okay. I knew I had interests outside of the playground. Okay. Um, where I wanted to go and do things, but being underage and not knowing how to drive or having the ambition to learn how to drive, I was really stuck yeah. kind of in the suburbs. And there was things that I wanted to, to do and be a part of, but I didn't have access to it. So I think, um, you know, normal teenage hooligan nature of getting into little, trouble because i was a really, little really rebellious uh, at, oh, yeah. at the beginning. I mean, there's yep. there's little so much you can do, and then yep. you you to light things on fire a bus stops. So you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, did that uh, did that bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little
0: bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of to little bit of a
1: little to of a little
0: bit of so I mean yeah I grew up in a and then when I turned 18 I knew i wanted to move away as far as far away as possible, which was Vancouver. And um, after a couple of years of living there and traveling around Europe and America, I decided to come back to Edmonton and I just moved into the right place. I was surrounded by a bunch of artists and people who were making things in Edmonton. And then they would invite me to parties and they'd invite me to shows and they'd tell me about things happening. And I saw a side of Edmonton that I never knew existed. And I was thrilled to be kind of in the heart of it. So I okay. think that that was where my um, my love affair with Edmonton started was when I moved back.
1: Excellent. Is that your time in Vancouver and Europe? Um, We'd love to know like what what countries in Europe were you in and, and what kind of things were you doing there that uh, you brought back with you?
0: Okay, I mean, it's funny, in one of my classes that I'm taking intercultural communication, we hit upon the subject of reverse culture shock and when I came back to Canada from Europe I did really feel um, this reversal of culture shock that what I found in uh, like Europe um, hit a lot to my identity I think when I was in Germany for example I was meeting um, my aunt who was kind of like my second cousin of sorts but she's the age that would be my aunt and her daughter would be you know my age yeah. and I got to meet my grandmother's cousin who she hadn't seen her cousin in years and my grandmother had passed away um, quite a number of years ago and so when she met me she saw within me the cousin that she loved so much and hadn't seen in years and so I kinda came to her as like a, a vision of that legacy and for me to feel so welcomed in a foreign place that i had never visited yep. and to feel so at home uh, it was part of like my father's side of the family that I was not very aware of because um, my grandparents emigrated from Germany after World War II and so started from scratch here and really that was all the family that we had and so when my grandparents passed away that was basically it. I see. So um, I got to have, um, I got to like dive into my family's past and then besides Germany I, I stayed with some uh, my friend's family in Poland. I really loved Poland. Yeah. I really did not expect that. Interesting. Um, I think staying in the rural small towns and
1: is it con- the people or or more yeah. the settings?
0: I mean, I mean people. Um, there, there, it was really interesting. Some of these small towns and the places that I stayed with were very traditionally looking house. Um, not a lot of modern, super technical like tech um, technology like upgrade. Maybe there was going to be like one TV, but the rest of it seemed very, um, very 1970s still. Okay. okay. And, um, I enjoyed the Miss... Love uh,
1: Boat was on TV, all, all the old shows. I mean, there's, <laughs> not there, quite. There
0: was nothing in English. And so when I was in Poland, one of the things I liked the most was that I really, I didn't know the language and I had to get, uh, to pick it up in order to, um, kind of like get along besides my friend who acted as my interpreter. But when we would get in fights, he would uh, decide not to interpret for me for the entire day. and
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will put you on your island. <laughs>
0: this is so true. But the funny thing is, is that when I did uh, speak anything in Polish, I had a better accent than he did. So he, um, you know, kind of growing up um, with a Polish household, he, he spoke kind of Canadianized uh, Polish. And I tried really hard to pronounce everything correctly. Okay. So, I, and they thought it was um, charming when I would, um, you know, the few slur words that I know and I would um, aim them against my friend and their cousin and their nephew and they would <laughs> do a slow clap and think, like, Oh great. You're fitting in already, right? This is how the family functions. So yeah, I had a, I had a wonderful time. I would definitely want to go back. When I went there, I was a, a raw vegan at the time,
1: okay.
0: um, which is not a country that you want to be a raw May- vegan.
1: Makes a little tough to find a meal each day. I imagine. It was,
0: well, <laughs> what did I put to What did I eat when I was there? There's lots of cucumbers, but I remember when I was trying to, um, explain, or my friend was trying to explain very badly to his uncle and his aunt that she's vegan, she doesn't eat meat, and they were so confused, and I remember um, his uncle was just like, well, do you eat sausage then like <laughs> <I can't>. like <laughs> if you don't eat I meat? Then I cannot
1: understand why there, I, there's just yeah, so
0: uh, much like there's there's um, many nights where they were up drinking to the wee hours and uh, Running they would be chasing me around the house with um, a frozen block of meat being like yes Which means like eat, <laughs> you know like torturing the poor so i'll go back and i'll eat meat because uh i now i eat
1: meat <laughs> you expanded your horizon there yeah do you think uh that that time away and in, in, in germany that you know meeting with some some distant relatives kind of reinforced your your maybe some beliefs in family that kind of drove you back to edmonton or, or made you miss that what what do you think there
0: yeah i you know, maybe i was reluctant in understanding myself as a family person but I really grew up with a tight-knit family on my mother's side Uh, we always got together every month all cousins all the aunts and uncles and we would have like three birthday cakes and celebrate everybody's birthday and I grew up with that foundation I just knew that I wanted to because of my creativity and myself wanting to be an artist I felt Edmonton didn't have anything to offer to me so I needed to go to another city that did that and Yeah, you know, I didn't have a lot of um, community when I first got there. I basically had nobody. And I think when I came back to Edmonton, I didn't know where I was going to be. I I didn't feel at home in Vancouver. I had such a great culture shock. I didn't know how to sustain myself over in Europe, um, uh, since I couldn't work in Europe per se. And when I came back to Edmonton, it was just, I was... I met these people who were, I had my family around me, but I didn't have to live with them, and then I met the right people who were beginning things or starting things, already um, having movements in Edmonton that I didn't know about, and I had the opportunity to be a part of it, whereas in Vancouver, I felt very small fish in a big pond, um, where in Edmonton, I felt like if I volunteered or if I helped out here, I could really see my impact. And really I could make re- a difference. Yes. Did you
1: stumble upon them or was was it, uh, uh, did you go looking for these these groups, this new community that you wanted to find?
0: I was told by a gentleman that I should check out a apartment complex called the City Market Apartments. Okay. So that's on 97th Street and 101st A Avenue. So it's yep. a big concrete uh, glass right, apartment complex. Right next complex. to Canada
1: Place there and exactly yep.
0: yeah so he gave me the um contact of the person who was managing the building at the time and i uh, phoned him up i was like hey i'm interested do you have any spots available and the manager was like yeah uh, there's a spot available but you have to come at like 1 p.m right now or like 1 p.m today to come and view it and so i did and me and him seemed to to click and he asked me like what kind of creativity do you do or what do you what do you like to practice and I kind of told him my story and he seemed sold on giving me the apartment and I was kind of lackadaisy about it and I went to a like a party that night and the same friend who gave me the contact was asking me you know so did you check out the apartment did you take it and I was like oh I'll call him tomorrow and he runs over with a phone he's like no you call him right now because it's hard to get into that apartment and uh, so I did and I accepted the offer and I moved in and they were all my neighbors and i just found this sort of open door policy people would be like having their doors open and cats wandering the hallways and, and people would just stop and say hi how are yeah. you uh what do you do how, how do you many here? people
1: would be living in that building uh i
0: think i think there's a um, i think there's 60 suites okay um so pretty sizable like yeah, 60 okay. or 60 to like 75 um and again everybody was very friendly and very talkative and would be very curious about who moved in and i think for the most part it was because the majority of us were very creative uh, photographers uh, musicians uh, there was some like lawyers and people who may be in more traditional industries but nevertheless everybody very friendly and right. very open and so it was just slowly building up conversation and then I would take to uh, the stairwell and play my guitar. And I remember people would stop and be like, hey, who are you playing in this stairwell, singing <laughs> music? So I think that was also my- Good lead in. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my icebreaker as well, too. Um, but again, I think it was just the right the right atmosphere, the right type of people. Um, it, it really all just seemed to, to come together for me, so.
1: So when it comes to the arts, is, is it music first and foremost for you? Or, or do you like to uh, tell us a bit about what you like to do as an individual
0: Mm. growing up it was it was always drawing first that was one thing that i knew i could do um my mother loved to have us write letters to um, my grandparents okay and before i knew how to write i would just draw pictures so that was my first form of communication was drawing pictures and things i was into and um you know i i pursued it very heavily and all my schooling from K to 12, I would take as many art classes as I could, anything extracurricular, if there was, you know, contests or things like that. And then um, when I moved to Vancouver, I remember I was getting kind of bored because I had built up my social network and I thought what would be a good hobby is how about I pick up the guitar. And so I taught myself guitar and that began, you know, um, that became that affair of not only learning how to play guitar but also to sing with it and then to write music. Okay. So I think and, and I could just travel with that and I didn't have to accumulate large swaths of paper and and canvas. That's kind of a painting hobby. Right. right. Uh, you know, normally entails. So okay. I, it was it was easy to start traveling whilst being a musician. So I think um, just some symbiotic relationship at that point.
1: So today you're you're very involved with Creative Mornings mm. Edmonton. Um, Maybe from that, you know, moving into that first community to where you are now, can you describe a little bit about that, you know, how did, how did that creative uh, journey community grow for you over, over the past little bit?
0: Well, in 2014, I went to my first Creative Mornings, and I had exited a relationship that wasn't working for me, and I felt, again, I had lost a lot of my community. So I can't remember how I learned about Creative Mornings. It just in front of my face one day and I thought oh cool it's a free event they serve breakfast and I can see who's going to the event so these were some people that I admired and that I wanted to be in association with and I thought this would be a good uh, place to do so and the first event I went to was at Snap Print Shop and um, i trying to remember the speaker but I do remember coming away with this feeling of being inspired of the possibilities of Edmonton and people talking about Edmonton and talking about design and talking about what we can create here and what's good and I had already been a fan of Edmonton at that point and so I wanted to be around people who had something to say about Edmonton and hopefully positive uh, things to say about Edmonton so um, I think and then from there on I tried to attend as many as possible and so in 2018 in January, the then host, Laura Lynn, was explained that she's going to New Zealand with her partner, and Creative Mornings would go on hiatus unless people stepped forward, and I was one of those people that stepped forward. Excellent. And, and really within like a very short amount of time, um, she left, and myself and a few other organizers took over, and we've been running with it since.
1: Now, typical, you have this breakfast once a month, and you said free breakfast, and you have a, a guest speaker. Um Describe to us a, a bit of like who attends these events? What, what does that look like?
0: Hmm. I would say that the core attendees are designers. Uh, Creative Mornings did start for the design community in New York City in 2008. And I believe when it was taken to Edmonton in 2012, it started from the design community as well. Those are the ones that really supported it in the beginning okay. or who were the organizing team. But beyond that, It's, it's everything. I, you know, I see people who are poets, people who are writers. I see uh, lawyers, real estate agents, uh, accountants, anybody like software engineers, anybody that wants to connect to creativity as a right. And that's something that I think we advocate for is that everybody has a right to creativity in the city. And through creativity, the city begins to innovate, and build and have these dialogues that maybe need to be had because we have themes every month that we explore and they're universal most people can connect to for example the theme this month was symmetry and you don't have to be a designer or an artist to have uh, right. an idea about that and then where our speaker takes it is wherever they want to so they don't have to talk about their amazing artistic designs and sometimes they're not even artists they you know connect to the theme and then instigate conversation amongst the audience members. So it's, okay. it's like half and half the speaker and the audience who carry the event.
1: Okay. Do you, do you feel you've been going for the past, you know, almost five years now that this is really feeding Edmonton's, you know, the creative industries? Like, do you, are, you, are you seeing growth happen in this community growth?
0: Well, when we took on Creative Mornings in 2018, now I was just involved as an audience member and I would try and attend as much as possible and there was a period um, there was a period in Creative Mornings Edmondson's history where it was a little bit on hiatus um, just due to enough volunteer power right. as that's how that's it's driven. It's really driven by volunteers who uh, see this being very valuable for the community. So when we took it on in 2018, I remember having a conversation with Vancouver's host, uh, Mark Boosie, and he talked about how he had these um, after the speaker was done talking, little small uh, uh, small group breakout sessions where okay. people would have conversations with each other. And I remember I fell in love with that idea. And we workshopped it back in July, and the audience really responded very quickly to that, um, saying that that was the conversation I need to have, or whether or not they came with anybody, they came away with a conversation they had with somebody without having some
1: to great connectivity. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: And I think. You know, if I'm going to be seeing change, it's a little bit too early for me to see that. Um, I'm get really focused on the organizing parts of it, so sometimes I need to have accumulation of testimonies from people who were there, right. not organizing, and then telling me how, um, you know, how it affected them. I have heard of partnerships um, from the audience members, people who were in these small groups together, having a conversation about the universal theme yep. or whatever the speaker said, and then they realized they had very similar viewpoints, and so. Afterwards, they talk about, hey, what do you do for a living? Right. And at that point, they realized that they could be collaborators. And so they decided to go on and do something so like ma-
1: that. The majority of these people are in the business of their profession. Like, this is mm-hmm. not, they're not a guitar player, just uh, uh, hobbyists. They're...
0: Oh, well we would take those too. We'll take those too. <laughs> the
1: the stairwell guitar playing of uh, uh, folks.
0: I mean the value is I mean for anybody to attend. Uh, part of keeping it free is that this way people don't think that it ha- you have to be of a certain economic level in order to attend or in order to have a discussion a seat at the table if right. you will. So students could come and sit down to, you know, a CEO of a company that might be looking for, you know, the future. Um, knowledge keeper, you know, i.e. the student yep. to come into their company or at least to have it, that face-to-face interaction where it's not networky, where it's not your resume, where it's not your name tag of how valuable are you to me as far as like a financial, um, you know, uh, switch or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, ultimately, uh, we're, I feel like we're still young in building this, but we have a lot of aspirations about where we're going to go with it. And again, just collecting more testimonies. We get to see just really how it is impacting. I mean, one thing that I can think of is uh, the venues that we're getting really excited about okay. using and how we get to explore Edmonton right. and have a conversation about Edmonton through a theme with an Edmonton speaker at a venue that reinforces the theme or okay. the speaker. Yeah. So it's, it's like a way of... Um, yeah, exploring Edmonton through venues, through speakers, through themes, so, through conversation.
1: Looking ahead, you know, maybe the next couple, three years, where would you hope to see Creative Mornings Edmonton?
0: Ooh, um, there, three years is a lot. Um, I would love to see more collaboration, uh, larger collaboration, creative collaboration. So when partners come on board with us who again, believe in the power of community and giving this event to the community. We want to see what each partner brings creatively to each event, rather than just being a logo or just
1: being or, a venue.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like this is something that, um, you know, we get, to, this is our show. How do we want to explore it? We can go wherever we want to. We have a very loose format and we're not married to a particular place, married to a particular type of way of doing things. So each, each month gets to be like another creative um, opportunity. I, you know, There's been talk about international collaboration. There's lots of chapters out there and um, ways that we could collaborate or induce competition, friendly yep. competition between chapters of saying like, hey, we're doing this and what are you doing there? And, and sharing that together digitally or maybe even in person. Um, I, I mean there's some more,
1: some more connectivity opportunities yeah. for, for everyone getting involved with the community
0: I mean, there's a lot of wish lists of speakers yeah. There's a lot of wish lists of places that we can go to I, again It's just the places that we can go and give the opportunity for audience members to come into a place that they felt Maybe they didn't weren't welcomed or they didn't know how they could go there or what reason they could use and then give them the excuse to do so okay and then give them the excuse to return because we brought them there in the first place. And I think really that there's a lot of conversations that need to be had in Edmonton and we can really be that space where we can say, okay, we have this upcoming theme of let's say chaos. What do we need to talk about in Edmonton regarding that? And find the right people who not only are speakers but those who attend it and have a real conversation sometimes taking their name take off and having, having their own opinion rather than always representing themselves as a business right. or the business that they work for. Right. Um, sometimes I think that restricts or it stifles communication. And so if we can just kind of, you know, shake, just loosen ourselves and up and, and, and yeah, just yeah. have an opinion and, oh, cool. uh, and create a space for that. So okay. that's, that's my term ambition.
1: Let's talk Yeg for a minute. Hmm. You play the guitar. If I, if I forced you to name a spot that you want to go grace that stage tonight, and play can you can you think of a think of a spot that you would love to do that headliner tonight in edmonton jacqueline ohm performing live at
0: wow okay i this is <laughs> this is not a venue but it's a good it's a good acoustic place um in the legislature building okay In the bottom, the basement, there's a weird cafeteria that's sort of, it's a circle, and it has four staircases leading out in like kind of like the circle corners, but the way that the acoustics fill from down there, you don't need need any amplification. Oh, very interesting. And so... um,
1: Have you seen a performance there, or you you just uh, decide to stand there one day and and do a little singing and... Pleasantly the surprised. The okay, ladder, yeah. I'd, w- I'd walk down there. I'm, I'm sure there. there's been a politician or two that uh, has done the exact same thing in, in the same spot.
0: Right. I mean, I probably made uh, somebody's lunch hour. You know.
1: Very cool. Well, I, I'm sure someone listening is is going to put that on their bucket list to uh, to go try out in the, um, you know, if if uh, uh, it can be a restaurant or or a gallery or anything. If if you wanted to make people aware of what you feel is just a great little local Edmonton business, um, who would that be?
0: Well what came first to mind was Elm Cafe. So Elm Cafe is located in Oliver, uh, just north of Jasper on 117th Street and I've been going there for the past three years. It's a small hole in the wall cafe and it's a nice hole in the wall. It's been freshly painted mint green, which is I guess on brand for um, Black Box, which is like District and it's its sister cafes, but I love the atmosphere of that place. I believe that that is the community league the unofficial community league of Oliver? I know Oliver is going through a transition right okay. now and trying to find, um, trying to figure so, out their venue. So they
1: are champions of that. yeah, I think is it more on the staff side or or is it more everybody um, that comes everyone, together? Customers. Yeah, it's
0: yeah. it's really. I mean, I go there every Saturday and uh, we talk about whatever's been happening in the city or what we're interested in socially or you know pop culture and things like that. But I find it, because of the space being so small, there's a conversation being had. And usually if you walk in, it's you already, because of the proximity, you feel you're part of that conversation. Okay. And very often people just launch into the conversation that I <laughs> might be are. having with somebody. Yeah. And we just open it up. And sometimes it feels a little bit like a like a, a club, but only with people talking, not necessarily dancing. And, okay. Yeah, but okay. it's it's um, very welcoming. And I find that very Edmonton and Uh, Yeah, I mean, just the people that go there, there's... I I remember one time uh, seeing uh, Mayor Don Iveson and his his wife and his, uh, his children waltz in and She's like, yeah, just another, just another Edmonton uh, cafe. Just
1: another day. Yeah,
0: just another day at this Edmonton cafe. So yeah.
1: And they probably bicycled up to the to the front door. I
0: don't remember that. I was deep in conversation with deep the barista at, at that point, and we were we were playing some very inappropriate music. And so when the mayor came in, um, <laughs> <laughs> the barista's like slowly going over to his iPad and switching to a more um, G-rated I, song. I, I
1: picture the sound <laughs> of the the record coming off the the needle. The <laughs> And, and yeah. everyone in in there yeah. staring at the mayor as he yeah. as he yeah. turns in. Yeah. So if you had some out of town guests coming, you know, possibly some of those um, family members from Germany, they come to Edmonton for the very first time, what what are you doing with them? what Where are you taking them?
0: Hmm. I mean, no matter what time of year, the River valley would be, first and foremost, I think that's the best way to view Edmonton. That's historically, you know, even before, the treaties were made, that's, that's, that's Edmonton, that's right. the gathering place. And so I think um, being near it, walking through it, um, getting on some sort of flotation device and floating down the have river. You,
1: have you done the Segway uh, tours no. through the river valley? No, I, I have not I, either, but they sure look fun.
0: I think for me, Segways are funny. And I don't know if I could, um, could calm myself enough to ride one, or I'd just be thinking, "I'm like, do I look ridiculous?" And I mean, no, 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 against <laughs> yeah. again, no, you know, no offense against any Segway person. It's great that they have that balance, but um, <laughs> that, I, just, I, just, I to just look cool. On I things, just find but... them funny, especially when the like uh, peace officers or police go down on the Segways. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, no, <laughs> I, um, but yes, I would I would take people down to the River Valley first and foremost. Um, wintertime, summertime, springtime—like it, it is the one place that you think stays beautiful for the most part seasons
1: oh wonderful yeah so very cool um can you think of uh you know this can be current it can be in the past but what do you feel is the most yeg centric story that that you either were a part of or or you witnessed kind of firsthand can can you think of a time that boy this just screams Edmonton
0: hmm there's a lot I just don't know if I have appropriate stories um
1: i'm all for an inappropriate story at this point
0: oh i i just i mean i well i remember there's like um a bottle there's a bottle depot on 95th street and i was walking around and taking taking photos one day and there's this large sign that says no dumping um because i guess people would like you know stuff their trash there but underneath no dumping in large red letters somebody scrawled in uh, a sharpie just drinking and um, I was like, oh, there's, you know, like there's this idea of like Edmonton being a dirt city. And I kind of embraced that. I'm like, yeah, we are a little bit, you know, rough around the edges at parts. But I love that type of humor that somebody felt to, to do a comment upon um, a, a no dumping sign. So that I don't know if that's the best way <laughs> to explain Edmonton. That. But I, that was the first thing that came to mind when I was reviewing these questions. I was okay. like, oh, I remember no, that, I, that. I
1: think that's an honest, uh, <laughs> that's definitely an honest <laughs> answer drinking, for, so. for your Edmonton. I have more. You know for Edmonton you you uh, you you're born here you didn't love it so much you moved away but but thank goodness we got you back Uh, where would you like to see Edmonton go what what kind of future uh, do you see for the city here
0: I think of Edmonton as a emerging city and so there's lots of possibilities one thing that I really want to see in Edmonton that I've envisioned for a long time was having skytrains across the city. When I was younger, I knew that I felt really isolated from the rest of Edmonton because I grew up in the suburbs. So for me, thinking of having this rapid transit and not just something on the ground, but skytrains gives this more illustrious roller coaster ride um, reality to it. So I would love to see more. Sky trains. And this is just my own personal opinion. Um, whether and, and
1: where do you see that starting and, and ending? Do you have a vision for that?
0: Well, I mean, my first sky train, if I ran for mayor, it would be uh, we'd have a sky train from Jasper Avenue going all the way up 97th Street towards, I believe, the base just uh, north of the Henday. So that would be my first sky train okay. that I would okay. campaign upon.
1: <laughs> I think of that old Simpsons episode with the, uh, with the monorail. Must have missed that one. You'll have to check that out. Um, so we're we, uh, looking forward to a future. I know that there's been talk about, I don't think, a SkyTrain up 97th Street, but definitely talk about one crossing the River Valley, which I, I know gets some people pretty excited on the, on the cost <laughs> of it. But uh, without a doubt, it would be pretty cool a ride to, to go on.
0: Well, I'm all for going into debt to have mass transit uh, to get us into the infrastructure that builds us into a progressive and innovative city. I'm okay with going into debt for the rest of my life.
1: Okay. Well, it's good we don't have a call-in <laughs> portion of the show right now, because I'm sure we'd, we'd ignite quite a debate right now. But uh, no. So thank you so much for being on uh, uh, yeg.me today. And uh, we've really had a lot of fun learning about you and uh, with creative mornings. Now, if anyone wanted to learn a little bit more about you or connect uh, how would they do that
0: well to connect with me through creative mornings or just even to connect creative mornings you can find us on instagram and twitter at cm underscore edmonton cm underscore edmonton or you can find us on our website which if you go to creativemornings.com there's a drop down menu that will find your nearest chapter edmonton will be your first suggestion go on to there you'll find upcoming events you look, can look back at our past events our speakers we have videos and photos of our past events as well too and then if you want to connect with me personally i am at elm cafe every saturday morning from 11 till 1.
1: Yep. open discussion come on in and, and let's chat about it exactly well i've i've been once to the creative mornings and and what a great event i really enjoyed it a lot of interesting people there and and you know just grabbing a nugget or two out of the topic Of the month and and just how you relate to it and resonate i really appreciated that so wish you lots of success with creative mornings and and keep growing that uh that creative industry here in edmonton and uh thanks so much for joining us here today jacqueline
0: thank you for having me over ding
1: thanks again for joining us folks i'm rob lullisher and this has been the egg me podcast Be sure to visit our website, www.yeg.me, for more information on the show and some of our past podcasts. Also some fun Yeg swag you can check out. All kinds of good stuff on the yeg.me website. And we look forward to seeing you in future episodes.